Welcome. This is Heidi from Discerning Grace. Today I'm taking a break from the discussion of the spiritual disciplines. I've been gone for two weeks of podcast recording. Life can change in a blink of an eye. Some of you have experienced shattering news. Sometimes you recognize the event as a gift. Yet change can require new habits, a season of healing, or just time to process what remains. I've said this before. If we're open to the leading of the Spirit and willing to try, it is amazing how God can shift our focus and we can begin to see through the eyes of Jesus. Maybe this is your first time listening. If you want to know more, go to my website and get to know me better. Or if you want to listen to other episodes, you can find them at www.discerninggrace.com. And you can subscribe and listen to these chats on your favorite podcast app. Okay, this is a good time to remind you that the Holy Spirit, your helper, your advocate, and comforter, is ready and able to help you as we meet together today. Ask the Spirit what is important in this moment. Listen to the quiet voice. Notice feelings that arise and recognize the nudge of God. Take a moment now and purposely turn your heart toward God. Look and notice where the Trinity is offering you spiritual freedom. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Lord, open our hearts to see love. Whether that is from an earthly father, a strong role model, or someone you have brought into our lives to point us to the one who will always love us. Thank you, Holy Father. Through Jesus, your Son, amen. I have been gone for two weeks, and I'm sure you have wondered what's happened. I went to Florida to visit my parents on a scheduled visit. The day after I arrived, my mother and I took my dad to the emergency room. He then got admitted, and that same day we transferred him to hospice. And the following day, we watched as his physical body failed and knew his soul was soaring. My father was finally released from the burden of a broken physical body. So today, I'm taking the time to honor my father and share some highlights of my dad's godly character. Most of my audience is females. Well, at least those are the only people who admit they listen to my devotional. So I'm sure you can identify with my adolescent need for time to primp and prep before going to high school. Looking back, I would need to get up really early to get ready for school. I'd come downstairs to take a shower and quietly get ready. As I entered the living room, there was my dad, already dressed, with his Bible open, sitting in his chair by the window. I knew not to make a noise, a peep. Rarely, when returning from the shower, he would nod at me, but that was it. I knew not to interrupt while he was praying. This formed a lasting impression. I had my own personal picture of what quiet time could look like. As I got older, I would often call impatient to understand a scripture or argue some point a pastor had made, and I would call my dad to get a third perspective. I often didn't accept his views or answers. However, his point was made and his response lingered with me. When my children arrived, I was working full-time and trying to also be an attentive mom. 
Then, when we were running late, or when I felt pulled in all directions, one of my three daughters would have some God question. Seemed like some theological dilemma that I didn't have the energy to comprehend. Children's concerns, you know those interesting questions like, if Jesus is God's son, who is God married to? Why is heaven so far that we can't see it? And then why does God want to be that far from us? If no one prays, where will the dead school hamster go? And why is it so hard to be good? So many questions. I had no energy to ponder these questions, so I would say, you can ask Opa, German for grandfather. And we would call him when we got home from whatever we were doing. As I grew to know God better, I would often call Dad to complain about a scripture that my mind did not yet understand. One stands out more than any of the other calls. I read about God creating us for his glory, to live to praise him. Revelation says to give him glory and worship him who created us. I mulled that over and over in my mind. I just couldn't get past the idea of this sounding egotistical. My dad didn't correct me. He pivoted the talk as he asked me about my flower garden. I gushed on about my tulips, uh, that I'd planted them, and they're coming up, and they were so beautiful, and the colors were brilliant. And then Dad asked me, why did you plant them? Well, because I enjoy them. I love my flowers. Then Dad said, you planted them for your enjoyment? Yeah. All of a sudden, I connected the dots. Yes, I planted those flowers for my pleasure just as God had created us for his. No more explanation was needed. I sighed, said thanks, and quickly ended the call. Dad gave no big theological discussion, just assistance for me to see something from a different perspective. Throughout my life, one of the things my dad would remind me of was the stones of remembrance, Joshua 4, 1 through 7. Then the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan. The Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing. Carry them over with you and put them in a place where you will stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said, These stones are to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So in our family, and in my own life, we have had stones of remembrance. These are there to help me remember God's faithfulness to me. The first example that involved me was when Dad and I were out fishing together. I had just gotten contacts with my own money, and I was still struggling a bit with them, trying to, you know, not blink all the time. As I was supposed to stay quiet, I tried to gently nudge my dad and tell him I had dropped one of my contacts in the grass on the bank. It was not a good moment. I received the look that needs no words. I apologized and said we need to find it. 
He told me to pray because there's no way we're going to find something that small and clear. I prayed, and I know my dad prayed. After I had looked for a while, he bent down to the grass, looked, picked it up, and said, remember this. I can list other examples of my dad's stones of remembrance, and you can read about them in his autobiography if you would like. One of my dad's greatest gifts to me was his gift of faithfulness and a strong conviction. This became visible to me in his life as a prayer warrior. If you ask one of his granddaughters what they will miss about their grandfather, each of them, independent of each other, will comment on the loss of prayer coverage. You knew he was petitioning the the throne on your behalf, and that knowledge that he was naming you and asking the Father to guide your way will be greatly missed. Heavenly Father, thank you for the lives of those prayer warriors that cover me in prayer. Some of those warriors I call out to, while others secretly bring me to the throne of grace because the Holy Spirit has burdened their heart. Bless those that pray over me, especially those who do it in secret. Humble me, Lord. I am not isolated here. Even as the Holy Spirit whispers your unfailing love, my pride wants to take credit for things that I could never accomplish. You alone are almighty. And in awe, I kneel here, aware of the great multitude of witnesses, saints around me, including my dad. I hear you challenge us to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Amen.